Bangers and mash, papri bangers and mash. Sketches and chat, papri bangers and mash. Bangers and mash, papri bangers and mash. Welcome to bangers and mash. The chat is the mash and the sketches are the bangers. If the sketches are the coast, then the chat is the hangers. If the chat is our pants, then the sketches are our wangers. Welcome to bangers and mash. Greetings, dear listener. I'm Tom. I'm Ben. I'm Matthew. I actually said Tom's catchphrase there, greetings, dear listener. I know, how did it feel? Not great. Felt good. <laughs> felt good, what, Matthew. Did it feel good for you to sort of take, let go of the reins and let me uh, say it, greetings? It just feels like my catchphrase is catching on. You're saying it. Clark, you'll be saying it next. I, I can guarantee you I won't. It means dear listeners out there are saying it all the time. Well, fingers yeah, crossed. Uh, welcome to episode eight of Pappy's Bangers and Mash, the format. Ooh. <laughs> 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 good God. What, what is it good for? for? Listening on transport. Again. So uh, the format hasn't changed. We're still the same. We chat away. We call that our mash. Yeah, and then we uh, afterwards we listen to it. And write some sketches and pop them in, and those are the bangers. Yeah, so uh, this time, what do we begin by talking about? Um, oh, Robin Redbreast. Oh, actually, we, this time we started by talking about Robin Redbreast, and Ben decided to have a little sing-along, which neither of us uh, joined in on, Tom. Uh, no, nobody enjoyed. <laughs> also, in this episode, look out for the hidden perp. <laughs> Tom smuggled a little Brussels sprout into this festive episode of Pappy's Bangers and Mash. It's a great listen. Have fun. Robins don't just come out at Christmas, do they? They hibernate the rest of the year. No, they don't hibernate, but they, uh, I think they migrate. Do they live in... They only live in England in December? Is that their No, they, they, they are around, but you're more likely to see them in December. I read about this the other true? day. But don't they talk about the first Robin of spring? Right. So what's the deal with the Robin and Christmas? Because he's there all year round. They show up in December. They uh, lots of people red take test Robin Red <laughs> too breast. early. Where are you? Where are you? That was my first uh, school production. Robin Redbreast. I was, oh. I was Robin Redbreast. <laughs> You've lived your life out in school productions, haven't you? <laughs> anyway, no. So they show up in December. Yeah. They uh, do a lot of like kind of PR promotion work. work. Promotions work. They have their photograph taken. They do. They pose for a lot of watercolor pictures. A lot, a lot of Christmas cards. A lot of Christmas yeah. cards, exactly. A lot of ca- uh, calendars. Yeah. And then they're off for a little bit. Then they come back. So they. They've had no up. say in this. They holiday. They holiday in the Bahamas or something. The robins must be like the robins must be like. I've got more to offer than Christmas. No, robins are I, the you know like people who just love Christmas who get really like as soon as <laughs> yeah. Now I've got a problem with this. It's, this it's year. a jumper. I feel like I'm one of those people, right? I love Christmas. I'm a pro-Christmas person. I'm like, uh-huh. ho, let's go, let's go. This is great. <laughs> ho, like, let's go. <laughs> is that what it You're is? also is a big fan of the Ramones as well, aren't you? <laughs> hey, ho, let's go. <laughs> ho, let's around go. the Christmas tree. Right, but um, my girlfriend, and I think society on the whole... <laughs> <laughs> Has started going on Christmas. Can I I just... Is this how you win arguments? (laughs) You are endemic of society as a whole. My girlfriend. And I believe society as a whole. I mean, it's not... I discussed this with society last night before I went to sleep. It starts with your girlfriend, but it's spread out to the far reaches. Well, it's just that thing of right... She wanted to buy a Christmas tree yesterday. Yep. And she wants to decorate the tree and bang, start Christmas shopping and go on Christmas. She wants to decorate the tree and bang. <laughs> oh, yes. Her and society as a whole. <laughs> but like, I was felt. Is like... that why you mack on so many babes? Because you think society as a whole wants to bang? <laughs> Society's my girlfriend. Society on the whole does want to bang, doesn't it? 
It's yeah. kind of should be the way, shouldn't it? <laughs> Merry right. Christmas, let's everyone. Back, let's get back to you talking about decorating the Christmas tree. Well, now tree, I feel like me. I'm being screwed because I'm like, hang on a sec, what? I feel like we can't have a tree yet. It's too soon. Yeah, December. You've got to start yeah. in December. Yeah. So, like, I'm like, no. And not even in December, like halfway through December. Like, 11th. Can't. No, you can right. have it from, you can no, you from can the first. first. Too yeah. soon? Well, no, if you've got an advent calendar, you can have a tree. No, 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 no. Advent calendar first, candle. Calendar in the morning. Candle in the evening. Tree at night, is that what you're going to say? <laughs> so it can be the first, but after 7pm. Tree on the 11th? No, that's not a phrase. <laughs> <laughs> not calendar morning. Red candle. sky at night, tree on the 11th. But now I feel like I'm being a Scrooge because I'm like holding back Christmas. But then it, really, it's for the greater good because when yeah, it comes, it's going to come in buckets. <laughs> <laughs> are, you still t- are you still talking about Christmas? Oh, 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 society as a whole. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough having to hold back. <laughs> I genuinely think you're not talking about Christmas still, are you? <laughs> what have you got planned for the 11th? Because I'm not coming around your house. Do you <laughs> call, like, making whoopee Christmas? Oh, it's cute that you call it making whoopee. <laughs> Were you born in the 1950s in America? <laughs> I'm, I'm an old man. Um, I had an idea last night about... Come on, um, 1920s. It's got to be 1920s. Yeah, so I, was si- I, was sitting on it. I was sitting on it for a second thinking, is it worth correcting? When's Making Whoopi? Is, is it a Cole Porter song? Everybody's making whoopi. That's, that's not, not the song. Don't know the song. Don't know the song. It wasn't yeah, sung... <laughs> wasn't what? sung through a vocoder, by the way. <laughs> it wasn't... wasn't California is making whoopi. <laughs> California is making whoopi. <laughs> it wasn't sung breathing in either. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to pass out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, What were we talking about? It was 30 nights before Christmas when all through the land people with sense were taking a stand. It's too early to start celebrating, they cried, and struggled in vain to hold back the Yuletide. But all of the shops started playing the songs and people began buying trees in their throngs and coffee was flavoured and served in red cups and people were crying at adverts for shops. And the people with sense felt a bit like a Scrooge and joined in because they had nothing to lose and nobody cared or chose to remember that Christmas never used to begin in November. But I'm holding out until the 11th when I put up my tree and wrap all my presents, tie tinsel to my bollocks, pour glitter on my willy cos once it is Christmas, I get really silly. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever find yourself thinking, like, right? Like, <laughs> do you ever find yourself thinking when you have to do something that's going to last a while, or you don't want to do it? Are you talking about making one piece? <laughs> <laughs> this is going to last a long time, and I do not want to do this. Merry Christmas. Eleven <laughs> of December. Um, <laughs> I was doing a run last night. Right. And the thing about when you're starting to run, like I run laps. Sure. Training and for the marathon. So I was thinking the first Have two you got a just giving page, by the way? No, I'll set one up. Do that. But the first two or three laps, I was thinking, just imagine 
this is the montage bit. And like on a journey, when a journey's going bad or like the, the, the train's too full or you have to travel to Wales, then like, <laughs> you just go like for the, I tell you what, the first hour of this will be like the montage bit. So you just imagine it as part of the montage and then you kill that time. And then when you arrive, it feels like it's the end of the montage. Do you see what I mean? I see what you mean, but in, but in practice, it's tough to do. Isn't yeah, like well, it's 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 a hell of a mind if you can do that. So like, I'm imagining I'm in montage at the moment <laughs> to get this over with. Well, imagine right. Imagine you're like, say for example, you want to read War and Peace. Yeah. Okay. You, do you want to read War and Peace, Ben? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because why do you want to read War and Peace? You want to read War and Peace so you can tell people you've read War and Peace, don't you? You don't really want to read War and Peace. I do you, agree with that. You want to read yeah. War and Peace so you can say I've read War and Peace. Yeah. Or, and so you want to be that scene in the film where like you bump into a girl and she's reading War and Peace and you get to say, <laughs> I've also read War and Peace. <laughs> That's my new chatter voice. <laughs> Breathing in, doing the making of voice. I wonder how your girlfriend feels about your new chatter voice. <laughs> <laughs> she's pleased because it's never going to work. Um, so, would you see what I mean? Like. You want to read War and Peace, so you said you read War and Peace. So when you're reading War and Peace, if you imagine that's part of like the montage, then you can get to that scene quicker where you can go, I've read War and Peace. Well, why don't you read War and Peace in montage and only read every ten pages? Yeah, well, so that makes sense. Now we've hit on a thing. Don't wish your life away. Instead of thinking... this is, I came with the philosophy. I was okay. going around the park. This is good. Instead of thinking this can be part of the montage, what about if you treat every minute of your life... <laughs> you, you pulled a really quizzical face like you're not you don't subscribe to your own philosophy that you've come up with if you can treat every scene of your life scene well, yeah like okay. it's the end of the montage do you know what I mean is that why you constantly walk around with your arms above your head <laughs> <laughs> that's because I've broken crying. my shoulders <laughs> um, so imagine if right for example at this like Imagine there's a montage of us learning how to do successful podcasting and the previous P-BAMs would be part of the montage. Right. But this is the end of the montage where we show how good we are at podcasting. And you, that's how you live your life. Like, everything's been building up to now. Well, here's the thing. I, I, I like that philosophy because I, I follow a few um, sort of motivational speakers on Twitter. Do you? Yeah, I do. Ralph Marsden is the one I follow. And normally I just sort of retweet his stuff and make a snarky comment about it. Okay. Um, <laughs> that tends to be what I do. But occasionally I'll read it and think, he is holding us to standards we can never possibly uh, live by. So this weekend he put out a tweet. Yeah. And obviously he's tweeting in, in, on American time. So a lot of these tweets come in quite late at night. Not the best time to be motivational. motivational. He said, uh, life is precious. Um, You cannot afford to waste it with one second of mediocrity. Now, at the time, obviously, I was about to go to bed. I was on Twitter and I was seeing if I could fit in a final episode of Hot Like Us, which is the couple's dating, the couple's uh, uh, reality TV show where they get voted off. Pretty much the definition of mediocrity. Mediocrity, yeah. (laughs) Reading Twitter, about to go to bed, watching Hot Like Us. What did you do? I... (laughs) I sent him a message. He said, "Just about to fucking go to bed, for, uh, Ralph. I'm in the I'm in the UK. Sort it out." He never responds. But um, <laughs> but I think those kind of philosophies, where you sort of you, you imagine that life is you know leading up to this point, often end up crippling you. Uh, you know, they they paralyze you because you uh, you can't live up to the high standards you, you're setting you'd yourself. You'd be exhausted, wouldn't you, if you were leading, if you were trying to eradicate any second of mediocrity. Exactly. I mean, you turn this podcast off for one. 
<laughs> and thank you, by the way, for those three-star reviews. Um, <laughs> what about... Um, what about if you redefine mediocrity? Oh, what? So if you say that actually Signed Shift. by Katie Price isn't a mediocre TV show, <laughs> it's a brilliant TV show, and you yeah. just ignore all the good stuff. Just That's pretty much how I live my life, actually. Shift the goalposts. Yeah, just move. But the, the, the problem is, though, I, I worry that I would wear myself out if I wanted everything to feel like the end of a montage. Yeah. And also, you probably become just... Terrible company. What do you think? They're constantly celebrating. Yeah, <laughs> just crying and punching the air all the time. It's like bloody hell, you, Crosby. He's do you think this, right? Do you have like a idealized version of yourself in your head? And sometimes, do you ever find yourself being comforted by what your idealized version of yourself is doing, rather than what you're actually doing? So you imagine, like in a parallel universe, yeah, there's a me. Who's who, doing like? Who knew the words to making whoopee? Yeah, Circles of bright red rubber. You glue them to one another. You leave a gap that's got a flap. You're nearly ready. The final step inflate with air and place it on somebody's chair. You might have guessed that's the process for making whoopee. You take a lady, teach her to act Then make her funny, gifted and black A TV host, to starting ghost With Patrick Swayze Then add a flash of jumping jack Of Sister Anne And Stella's got her groove back Just that dreadlocks Then stop the clock you're making Whoopi Goldberg. You know, in your head you think, this is what I'd kind of want to be doing right now. And there is like an idealised version of you doing that. What, what would, in your head, I mean, you, you know, you don't have to go too probing, but in your head, what would you ideally be doing now? Obviously not putting up Christmas decorations. Now? Yeah. I think I'd be in a, like, I'd be being driven in a car... Somewhere. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Chase that dream. You realise, I'll give you a fiver, you can get in a taxi now, and I can help you to live your dream. I'll give you a lift. I'll <laughs> give you a lift Clark, he's got a car. <laughs> like, he could be your Ralph Mars. Well, that's what well, we're not doing. Actually, <laughs> I tell you what, would you, would you, we can help Tom, right? His birthday's coming up, it's in December. To live his dream. I'm going to hire you a chauffeur's outfit. <laughs> okay. We're going to come round, to, we're going to come and pick you up. Yeah. We're going to drive you... Uh, Round Clapham, drop drop <laughs> you back you off. Mean? Happy uh, Happy thirty first. Oh, I don't want it to be like a red letter day. You know, I don't want it to be like this is. Oh, yeah, you want you want me to do it every day? <laughs> is this, are you even just asking me to be your chauffeur? No, I, I'm just about right now. I don't like in I, this moment. I don't like because often you know we end up getting offered a, offered a car to sort of take us to things. Yeah, I always I if I can now I, I turn it down. I try oh. and go on the train. I find the, I I don't mind a taxi if I'm going home and I'm you know I'm exhausted. But going to work in a taxi is, I would say, more nerve-wracking or more stressful than going to work on the train because you have to interact. There's always that element of the guy wants to chat to you and if you don't, then you have to pretend like you're doing something. Or... I, I pretend like I'm going to sleep. Do you really? Yeah. And then but then you, you have to sleep. fake I shut, sleep. I shut my eyes. Well, normally, the, thing, the good thing about <laughs> faking sleeping is normally, uh, you know... <laughs> 
you get there. You go very method. Yeah. Do you learn you learn how to fake sleep better, don't you, when you grow up? Do you remember faking sleep as a kid? Oh, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> do you ever used to do that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when your mum and dad used to come in and you used to be like <laughs> That'd be the noise. <laughs> and then as you grow up, you learn to fake sleep better. You, learn don't to you? slow that snoring down. Have you ever faked sleep for like because you don't want to be in bed with someone? We're learning a lot. I would suggest your girlfriend doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> what we have to do is when we record the opening, we have to say, by the way, uh, if you're listening, Tom's girlfriend, do not. It's not my girlfriend. You always... It's Tess who, do you remember, did you ever meet Australian Tess? <laughs> she was a mechanic. I didn't meet Australian <laughs> Tess. This, this mechanic. Is this, uh, this going to be all right to talk about? Who's Aussie Tess? Aussie Tess is this girl I randomly kissed at like a theatre festival or something. And lo and behold, she turned up in England to visit me and stay the night. And I was like, oh, hello, Tess. Wow. Yeah. Racist Tess. Racist Tess. <laughs> Tess with bigger hands than me. She was bigger than me. I think Aussie like, is a catch-all for was, all of these she things. She was huge. Like, like... Like not like large, like huge. Like she could have she been in a fight. She had massive hands, and she, after a few drinks, got very racist. And then she wanted to stay in my bed. <laughs> I had to fake sleep all the time. What do you mean all the time? How long was she there for? <laughs> you went out for a drink. I fake sleep. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a not collective. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, that's a bad Ooh. story. <laughs> That's a bad story. I and in fact, I, to make things worse, I took her because I, it was in Canterbury. Why did you give her address? Oh, it was the night, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd forgotten to face it. Is, it is the kind of thing that I've, I, I mean, I've done it loads of times when I've, I've been, if you ever want, if you ever, you know, in that mood, if you ever come to, you ever come to London, I've got a place you can stay. I have I never once said that. My, oh, my really? auntie and uncle said that when they went off to, uh, like, centre parks once. And uh, lo and behold, about three weeks later, the, the couple they met showed up on their door. Said, oh, we're staying for a week. A week. Who, does a week? That? Who takes people up on those invites? But the, I can't, those, the problem is the very people should know. They just the very people who take them say? up are the very people who will have no problem about staying for a week or a fortnight yeah. or, or just or thinking it will be a lovely surprise. Um, to exacerbate things, when Tess came to visit me in Canterbury, I took her to see the school. You told me a university address. I took yeah, I took her to see um, the school where Christopher Marlowe went to school. And you know how in the olden days. Everyone was smaller, so the doors are really small. Yeah. Uh, I put an next to a really tiny door. <laughs> it made it look like a giant. <laughs> what do you mean you, you put, put an next to a tiny door? Was she faking oh, next to a tiny door? Took a photo. I was like, look, this is where Christa Marlowe went to school, and she was stood next to the door. Yeah. And she looked three times the size because the door was so small. Did she feel self-conscious, or did you feel self-conscious? What, what, what's the problem with putting her next to a door? <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I was in Gulliver's Travels. <laughs> You didn't change size, though, did you? <laughs> <laughs> um, isn't it weird that people were had little t- small doors when they were when like a hundred <laughs> years ago? No, because people were smaller. That's what I, that's what I love about going to visit the past, go, visiting the past. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what I love, love, what I love about my time traveling. I, I never hit my head on a, on a door frame. Um, no. <laughs> I like it. You know, everyone else is having to crouch down. If you have to go like up a rickety staircase in like a cathedral or something, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't have to crouch down. I can still still stand you're up. Probably, you're a hundred years out of your time, aren't you? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I would have been. I would have done much, much better had I been uh, had I been around. I tell you what. I think 16th century would have suited me. Why are people so small then in the 16th century? What What was that to do with? Pretty bad diet. Was it though? They, they had nutrition. Why did they have? They had all the. They had spuds, didn't they? They had 
They like spuds? Come on. food that's been... Like the cornerstone of food. They have the same kind of food we have now, don't they? Uh, not in such plentiful... Uh, I'm not sure they did. What would you eat then if 16th century? And it wouldn't and that be like a balanced diet? You'd have to have like... But didn't they have to like, like keep food for ages? Like very salted foods, very like they'd smoke foods and stuff to keep... Oh, to, so they'd last forever. So it'd always be like a, food, a smoked mm. or salted hare and a spud on the side. Quality. Yeah, but that's that's what I ate. You, know, that's, vegetarian. you remember that's what I ate? That's what my parents fed me as a child. They were like, we're going to do a little experiment on Crosby. <laughs> we're going to feed him salted hair and spuds and see what happens to him. And lo and behold, five foot five. Gerald, come on in, come on in. You're just in time for the countdown to the new year. Have a salted hair. Thank you, Barnabas. Can you believe it? It's going to be the year 1600. Goodbye, 16th century. Hello, 17th century. Ah, the 17th century. It sounds so futuristic. When I was younger, I thought by the 17th century we'd all be travelling around in horse-drawn carriages. Horse-drawn carriages, you old fool. No, 1600 will be exactly like 1599. Nothing ever changes. You're probably right. Let's begin the countdown. Let's start at five so the sketch doesn't drag. Five, four, three, two, one. Happy New Year! Oh, oh, my head. I just hit me head on the ceiling. Me too, huh? How strange. I didn't think I could touch the ceiling, let alone bang my head on it. It appears that we've suddenly grown. Will the people of the 17th century be taller than those of the 16th? Gerald, what a discovery! We must tell everyone. Let's go! Be careful, Barnabas. That door frame is terribly low. Oh! oh. No! Oh, Barnabas! Your head! It's come clean off! Oh, I can feel the life draining out of me. Gerald, come close. I fear I'm not long for this world. Where are you? I've rolled under the table. Oh, oh yeah, there you are. Gerald, do not let me die in vain. You must tell the slightly taller people of the future to bend at the waist in order to get through low door frames. But what shall I call this practice? Name it after me. Barnabas Crouch. Do not worry. I shall tell the world about crouching. And one other thing. Keep my severed head with you at all times in memory of me. Oh, sweet Barnabas. I will keep your wish. I will mind your head. Oh, hang on a second. Mind your head. I've just had a brilliant idea for a sign that could have saved my dear friend's life. I must tell the world about it. Out the door I go. Oh, Barnabas, my head, it's come off. Barnabas, we die together. And to think, we planned on getting legless tonight. Here's more bangers and mash. Your parents, of course. Beans. Is that what you, is that what you ate as a child? Dang. Why do I think the beans help you grow? Is it because of the... Uh, it's Jack and the Beanstalk, isn't it? Oh, no, they help. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? That's not right. That is not the story. He plants beans the and giant a beanstalk grows. Eat, the giant didn't eat beans. No, but I'm just saying, there's connotations of growth in that story, isn't there? That there's a big beanstalk. There's yeah, a giant. But then, and it's all related to beans. Yeah, but that's just... I bet, I bet you 20 quid Okay. that the manufacturers of beans 
invented. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'll Jack take you up. I'll take you up on that bet. You think Jack and the Beanstalk was invented by like the Heinz company? It was like an early advert. But it wasn't. It was saying that <laughs> beans were. wasn't saying that beans were good to eat. They were saying that if you bury beans in the ground, a beanstalk will grow. And very few people, you don't see people burying, or burying beans. We talked about this before, <laughs> haven't we? Have, yeah. We've talked about this before a couple of episodes ago. So a beanstalk. How exaggerated is that? Do you think that must have that must have arrived? Wait, hang on a sec. Can you, are you asking how exaggerated is the story, Jack and the Beanstalk? Yeah. It led up to the clouds. He climbed it. A giant lived up there. There was a golden goose. Yes. All of this is <laughs> none of this is true. No, no. But like, like with all stories. There must have been no. That's a not true of all stories. Have, you must have lived in a village, and there was a guy called Jack who had a large beanstalk. Right? Some people have an imagination <laughs> that they invent. Wait, hang on a second. A guy called Jack had a large beanstalk. <laughs> Hello, my name is Jack. Do you want to come to my house, please? <laughs> do you, why do you say you want to come to my house, please? Turn <laughs> <Do you really? laughs> my beanstalk and make the whoopee. Um. He's got no listen right. Do you want to come to my house, please? <laughs> so tragic. <laughs> Do you want to come to my house, please? In his head, he's just riding in the back of a car right now. <laughs> I wish you were in a car going somewhere. <laughs> Preferably away from me. You live in a village. There's a guy called Jack who grows nice tall beans. Or like he won, <laughs> he won, he won the beanstalk oh. competition. <laughs> he and, won the beanstalk competition. Yeah, like the village fair, right? And plus, and as a prize, he gets a story with his name in it. Well, yeah, <laughs> no, but, no, that's and not also, how it happens. At, like at the bottom of his garden, there's a treehouse. I'm just saying, for example, there's a treehouse, and a large man lives in that treehouse. And once he grew <laughs> Wait, a beanstalk <laughs> that went all the way up to the treehouse, and everyone was like, "Oh, that's going to make a cracking story." And he, like, you know, the idea of climbing the beanstalk to the giant. <laughs> so want to come to my house, please? There's a large man in the garden, please. <laughs> probably the origin of the story. It's probably not. What about, though, wouldn't you think that it was probably, was it the Brothers Grimm who came up with, uh, it was, don't you think they probably invented the story because they were brilliant story writers? No. no, there was a large... Listen, Matthew, there was a large <laughs> man in a treehouse. Can't you see? I see that now, Ben, yeah. I'm sorry. Honestly, <laughs> poor Tom, he's over here. I'd love to research that. If I did it as my... Dec- I swear, if I went... If I could only go back... I, t- I, t- I tell you what, this Wait, is hang the start of a montage. This it's, is the It's barely even the start of a montage. sentence, Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> How is it the start of a montage? It's what? me going, do you know what? We'll see the origins of Jack and the Beanstalk. Play the music. No, no, Harry there's, goes there's up never to been a montage no, set entirely no in a library. Harry, Harry goes up to a university, He's, he enrolls, he goes to the library, he looks in some books, he scratches his head. You know, you and then he's go walk- to a library, you don't have to enroll in the university. <laughs> I think Tom wants to try his chat-up voice on the, on the, uh, well, on the freshers. Is, this is the montage, and they're like, I'm so hard. And they're like, Harry, Harry's um, uh, in a village measuring beanstalks with a tape measure, scratching his head, nodding. He's chatting to an old villager, Who's, who's pointing down the road? Gone into the past. I don't know, but this is a montage. And then finally, which, which village you go to? What like finally? You're just going to go to Preston or something and see if uh, ask around. Finally, music music ends. Parry is at the front of a lecture theatre. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I can conclusively prove. Okay, firstly, slow it down. <laughs> Sorry, you, you, you're doing public speaking. I'm Don't just rush notes. it. Okay, you may be at the end of a montage, but you've got. And so, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, and so, ladies and gentlemen, I can conclusively prove that Jack and the Beans talk is fact. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh. And then I'd say something like, here endeth the lesson. And everyone, and like, and like, everyone would erupt. Yeah. No, no, it was, it, no, it was Steve, wouldn't it? It would start with... Your one guy would stand You up. two, the people who dated me, yeah. would start the applause. No, 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 we'd be begrudgingly, like we'd be tearing up a bit of paper or something yeah. like that. Oh. Yeah. Storming out the room. And I'd yeah. be carried out of the room by a giant. <laughs> I think what you've done is describe the movie Big Fish. And no one enjoyed that when it was first released. <laughs> no, no, I'll tell you what, I'd dig into my pockets and pull out two golden eggs. No, 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 hold on. This is, this is a really different creepy. kind of film. <laughs> And also, when you mimes digging into your pockets, you did go crotch first. <laughs> when you dig into your pockets, you go via the fly. <laughs> Unzip my fly, feel feelings in my pockets. There's definitely something in there. Hello, we're the Brothers Grimm, and welcome to our How to Write a Story workshop. So, the best advice we were given when we were starting out was, write what you know. And that's what today's session is going to be based on, writing what you know. So, let's uh, pick somebody. Uh, James, was it? Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, what was the story you wanted to write? Well, um, it's about an electrician who's always had a burning ambition to be a plumber. OK, yeah. right. Well, uh, that's a start, I suppose. Uh, but let me ask you this, James. Are you a plumber? Uh, no. Do you know a plumber? Well, I've seen a plumber once. Not sure that's enough. You see, when we vote Snow White, we didn't just imagine it up. We had a friend who had very pale skin, and we said to ourselves, there's maybe a story in that. But there wasn't. But then she met seven dwarves, got poisoned by an evil queen, and woken up by a kiss from a prince, and then it kind of wrote itself. Uh, do you see what we mean? Yeah, but well, nothing like that really happens around me. You just have to look a little harder. Uh, what about at home? What happens at home? I live alone. Nothing much, really. Well, what about your friends? What do they do? I tend to keep to myself, really. Right. Uh, family? We don't speak. Well, uh, maybe we can talk about this over lunch. <laughs> uh, yes, James, will you join us in the cafe? No, I'm OK, thanks. I've got my own lunch. I've brought in this really, really, really massive peach. Oh, hold on. Do you reckon I could write a story about that? Yes. You could call it James and the giant amount of diarrhoea he got from eating an old peach lunch. Um, here's something I was thinking, right? You know, if someone... Have you um, just thought it, or were you thinking it previously? I, I, my, my mind tends to wonder when you start to talk. Because <laughs> you've got a trait of going, I've been thinking, actually... But it's literally a thought that's just occurred to you. Yes. You do that a lot, I don't do you? Uh, yeah. You've got that trait as well, Tom, in a big way. Oh, but you, what so? you do is you'll say, I've developed a philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than saying, I've been thinking, you'll, you'll say, now I've decided I'm going to live my life by this maxim. Every day should be like... New Year's Eve. How about that? Literally, your mouth surprises your ears. Um, go on, Clark. Go on, Clark. Um, I was thinking... Go on, Clarkie. Now, when were you thinking this? No, go on. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, if someone doesn't have... <laughs> if someone doesn't have a limb... Yeah, if someone's got a limb missing... Yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's like, a, a, a sad thing. <laughs> if but someone if got has... an extra limb... Also a sad thing, but why is that? That's what I mean. Like, if someone's got, like, an extra finger, everyone's like, ooh, you got an extra finger. <laughs> Where they should be like, whoa, I bet you're brilliant at the piano. I love your extra finger, firstly. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, secondly, I think, isn't it because quite a lot of the time, it's, um, it doesn't work. If someone's got, like, an arm, you know, grow, an extra arm growing out their back, it's often a, an arm that just doesn't, you know, it's just like a flap of skin. 
Yeah. I mean, it would be brilliant if they had like, is it? What's the what's the god that's got all the arms? Vishnu. Yes, bless you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I think uh, that it would be brilliant if you had an extra arm, so you could be like yeah, doing yeah, a Rubik's like... cube and shaking someone's hand at the same time. I try. Oh, you could you shake could, your own hand. You could try five. You can shake your own hand. You've got two hands, Tom. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I love the idea of shaking some some of my own hand. Do you know what I mean? Like. Meeting yourself. <laughs> I, I guess not, you can't meet that's yourself. That's not the same thing, is it? You know when you meet. No. Ha, you know when you meet people. Like I, I, I like a, I like a handshake. Yeah. Um, but you know when you meet girls. Yes. I always feel a bit silly. Shaking their hand. Yeah. Yeah. But then I think like, am I being like, am I wrong in thinking that? No, like, no. I, I tell you what. Here's the thing, and this is often we'll meet people, you know, as, as, a, as a threesome, yeah. won't we? Yeah. Um, and people have heard the chat-up voice. Um, Can you come to my house, please? We have to run You don't know if I break my two friends, do you? So, so, um, so say we meet people. What will, yeah. what will always, always happen yeah. will happen is that um, uh, Tom will... Be way too tactile. So Tom will give like a kiss on both cheeks and a big hug. And this has happened as well yeah. with men and women. You've given a big hug after meetings. Yeah. You know, like a, be- a meeting. Yeah. yeah. And our meetings never go that well. No, no, no. Exactly. Go so a, a big, a big hug, which then means that like Ben and I are in an awkward situation. Okay. It means that we either hug a stranger yeah. which we don't really want to don't do don't really want to do or we don't and make it seem like we're quite stuck up yeah, you or seem... quite quite standoffish or quite rude so what Ben and I obviously end up doing is hug each other and then <laughs> and then walk out of the room still hugging <laughs> But that's the that's that's the problem, isn't it? What you, your problem is you're being way too tactile. It means that it's difficult for us. I have a problem with two kisses. I must admit, hug and a kiss. That's the way. That's the rule. I think going oh, for a hug I... and a kiss on the cheek. Two kisses involves that awkward face cross where there's a moment where your cro- your faces cross where if you don't quite know what's going on, you could end up Frenching or, or like. <laughs> Or, 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 what do you know what I mean? Like, I tell you, it's not going to be you who doesn't quite know what's going on. It's going to be the person who you inadvertently French <laughs> well, it's like, you know, you, at the end of a business meeting. You know, you go... Because like, you you, there's that awkward crossover moment. There's the one kiss, and then you go for the crossover. Oh, nose is in front. No, no, but, the, but a and kiss... Then, uh, a kiss oh. should be you go... You, you, you swoop in deep to one side, then back, way back, and then, way back. And then deep to the other that side. too theatrical good. then, though. It's, it's air kissing. It's very, it's very uh, darling, you are marvellous. Kind of and in Austrian places, they do three, don't they? Where's yeah. the third one go? <laughs> <laughs> on the third. Two on top and one below. <laughs> <laughs> three tickets to Austria, please. <laughs> Put me in a car and drive me somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no, it's... Go on, Dan. I was gonna. Do, I was gonna say it's like it is an awkward thing, but I just think if you shake a girl's hand, I think it's a bit like going. Ooh. I like to. If I you shake a girl's hand while simultaneously but, going. Ooh. I, I, I know. I know that there's some like I, I've spoken to people before, uh, uh, like ladies who've been like, I don't like. Don't like it when people. It's way too over familiar for someone to give me a hug and a kiss yeah. when I don't know them. And I also know someone who's like being like, no. 
thank you, that's too much. Like, it's actually stops someone. When you're about to. Not not to me, but I've no, I've seen, and I'd be devastated if someone did that. Because they'd be like, oh, I was only, like, saying hello. I wasn't trying to There's get it There's nothing worse than the phrase, and this, this has happened to me, it happened to me throughout my university career, what are you doing? <laughs> oh God! Oh, it cuts yeah. to the very quick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because you never have a you never have a good answer to that question. I don't know. I, th- I don't know. What are we doing? No, not what are we doing, Matthew? What, what are, are you, you doing <laughs> right now? You're an inch away from my face. There was. Yeah. I thought we were talking about Max Ernst, but apparently no. <laughs> you thought this was a, a, an opportunity. Awful, awful. And I've. I tell you what, I do quite often as I get I get confused with the hug kiss thing. Yeah. And. You know when you go to kiss someone on the cheek, but they go to hug you, yeah. and you end up like kissing them like <laughs> on the ear. Way too familiar. You've just nibbled someone's ear. Like. And it's really loud for them, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, do you ever get that thing as well where you go to shake like, uh, you get, like some, my, my yeah, brother once yeah. brilliantly just clenched someone's fist because he went to <laughs> oh, one so guy went, went for like, a fist bump. Yeah, one guy went, went for, for a homie fist bump, style fist bump. And yeah. uh, my brother thought it was like some kind of high five. And just ended up clutching and shaking this guy's fist. <laughs> it was this gloriously awkward moment of, oh, oh, <laughs> shaking someone's fist. Yeah. Um, speaking of going to do one thing and then doing another thing, I found myself the other day <laughs> rehearsing what's the correct face to make when you fart really loudly at the urinal. <laughs> <laughs> right, because because it happens to me a lot. Well, the f- it doesn't matter what, what face like, you make; you're facing the wall. No, no, you don't but turn you, around but, and go. Oh, but, yeah, but oh, someone step on a duck. Well, what, <laughs> we, we, we discussed this before. But you should, what you you should take you should take a cubicle if it's there. Or should you go? Hey, no, no. Or like, should you like raise an eyebrow to the guy next to you to go? Come on, I've just really done that. I'm like, <laughs> there's got to be. There should be like a universal. This is what you do because the universal. This is what you do is you are either quiet or you apologize. Actually, apologize. A, a fellow, a fellow. But that'd be awful. Everyone's facing forward. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> what do you do? That's weird. A fellow did it. I was in a in a pub in Fulham, and I, just I was leaving. He let out a fart. He was at the urinal, and he just went, "Oh dear," <laughs> which I thought was, oh, was perfect. It was the right level of I enjoyed that. You clearly enjoyed that, but I, we can't say hooray. There's two people in there. I was going to say two people in the cubicle. We weren't both in the cubicle. He was in the urine while I was, I was leaving. But oh dear, that should be it. Yeah, it's like bless you for sneezing. Oh, oh dear. dear. Oh dear. What for coughing? What should you say for coughing? Coughing at a urinal. You don't. Well, you don't have a. Like, if you cough at a urinal, you, there's a good chance. Like, bless you. <laughs> bless you's really nice when when you sneeze, and you always feel. I always feel like, oh, thank you very much for someone giving me a bless. Here's you. the thing. I I like saying bless you, but I like I, I I always say it. If someone sneezes in the theatre, it ruins the show, because I, I'm desperate then to say bless you. I've I've actually oh, really? I, I I saw a play up in Edinburgh, 45 minutes long. Right, very very good, but. Uh, Go and five see it. Go and see it if you get a chance. It's an incredible piece. It's 45 uh, minutes. It's 45 long. minutes long. I won't tell you the name of You'll it. You'll recognise it by its running pace. You'll rec- <laughs> if you like stuff that's 45 minutes long, believe you me, this is the show for you. Um, but somebody sneezed about five minutes in, and I, I, I thought, should I lean over and go, bless you? Um, you can't do that. But then I, I'm, I, I made the mistake of saying bless you after the show. Oh, no. 40, 40 minutes, minutes later. later. 
uh, that was a mistake. They were really confused. I went, bless you, by the way. And they were like, did they think you were a man of the they, cloth? I think they thought I'd written the play. <laughs> bless you for coming, everybody. Bless you. Thank you so much. It's been, it's been mean, absolutely... It's when been... I first set myself the task of writing a 45-minute long play, I never imagined <laughs> that after 45 first... people would see it. Thank when you so much. When I first had the idea for three quarters of an hour, I thought, no one will come. No one will come. <laughs> 45 minutes, you'll drop a number. <laughs> uh... What's the correct length of the play? We're not having this discussion now. There is no correct length to the play. Hello, and welcome to Minute on Culture. I'm Gary Minute. This week sees the DVD release of the movie One Day. Now, I can't help but feel a little disappointed with this. I absolutely adored the book, which took me exactly 24 hours to read, but the movie, at just under two hours, for my money, came up short. I haven't felt this ripped off since I cleared a week in my calendar to watch 127 hours. Next up was supposed to be our roundup of classic movies out on Blu-ray this week, but I literally haven't had the time to get through nine and a half weeks, let alone seven years in Tibet. Join us in a month when I'll be reviewing 28 Days Later, but to play us out, it's Nana Cherry and Yasuna Dor with seven seconds. Right, that's quite enough of that. Goodbye. Pappies, Bangers and Mash, Episode 8 was improvised, written and performed by Tom Parry, 38-inch waist. Ben Clark, 34-inch waist. And Matthew Crosby, 7-inch waist when erect. It was produced by Colin Anderson, who's as thin as a whip. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs>